Welcome to the Next Era Podcast, a platform for young millennials and Generation Zers to have a space to discuss issues we face in our community. This audio series was created to give a voice to the younger generation and to get insight about hot topics in America from a younger perspective. So take a seat, put your headphones on, turn me up in your car, and let's have a meaningful conversation. I'm Jordan Johnson, and this is the Next Era Podcast. Okay, I guess we could go ahead and just hop into it. Um, So our first question, let me have them pulled up. Okay, Um, what do you believe is misunderstood about the Black Lives Matter movement and also its relation to the All Lives Matter movement? And anyone can start. I guess I'll start us off. Um, When people automatically hear the term or the hashtag Black Lives Matter, they automatically assume that that means that, you know, um, white lives don't matter or, you know, any other color or race doesn't matter, but that's not the case at all. Um, One analogy or metaphor that I've heard been used a lot in this time is that, like, if you have a neighborhood and um, one house is on fire, but every other house is perfectly fine, and everyone rushes to go take care of that house, and all the other houses are saying, well, what about our houses? And the issue is that, like, at that current point, like, at that current moment right then and there, your house is perfectly fine. The case of the matter right now is that this house is suffering. They're going through an issue, so they need to be taken care of. And so I think that's where people kind of misunderstand that it's not talking about um, how other people don't matter. But in this current time, African-Americans and and people of color are facing oppression and going through a lot of things that have to tie back into systemic racism and um, so much more than that. So that's the, the current issue at hand when it comes to that. Uh, I guess I was speaking now. Um, I don't, well, the misunderstanding I believe it to be is all lives matter is a protest to a protest. And I feel like as if the people saying all lives matter are purposely ignoring the reason why we do the things we do for Black Lives Matter. It's not that they just consider all lives matter or they don't think black lives matter. They're just purposely ignoring why we do it because they want to be offended by something we do. Did anybody else want to chime in and answer? Okay. Well, perfect, perfect. That leads us to the next one. Um, since y'all did mention that it's a protest to a protest and the house um, reference, why do you believe that Black Lives Movement or the Black Lives Matter movement, excuse me, resonated with people around the globe in regards to, it's pretty much hit every part. I've never seen it this big. What made you, what do you think caused the resignation with different ethnicities? Hmm. I don't know. For me, it kind of sounds bad, but I feel like, dang, what was I going to say? Um, dang, let me come back to me. Sorry. Um, I'll go ahead and say that I think it has a big part to do with social media. Um, you had said, y'all know, that um, it hit different parts of the world. And I was specifically talking about that part. Like, 
you see different countries and people who are also supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, but they've also faced so many difficult tragedies in their own countries, yet they're still supporting our movement. And I think that has a lot to do with our, our, our social media platform and also how many Black people are pushing for this, you know, for uh, social justice. And so I just think that social media has taken the platform to a higher level, but there's still room for improvement when it comes to organizing how we're going to move forward with the Black Lives, Black Lives Matter movement. I'd say along with the social media um, aspect is like the power of black people's consumerism. And so um, you see now that, you know, different brands and different companies are coming out and showing their support for the Black Lives Matter movement because um, we have the power to destroy and we have the power to build. And they recognize that we do a lot for different brands and different companies and things like that. And without our help and without us buying or recognizing them, they'll kind of be nothing. Uh, I feel as if it's an, um, it's a basic thing to just see another human life be, you know, deteriorated over time and just being like, okay, this isn't right, you know what I mean? It's like, we see this is happening, we see that it's bad, and we see that it's happening to people, and this doesn't need to happen to people anymore. And of course, uh, I don't know his name, but he brought up social media, and social media has a big presence in everybody's lives, so this is literally all they see when they think of America, you know? And they want this to stop because nobody wants anybody to die, and nobody wants any pain to come about. Yeah, I also want to bring up another point. I'm not sure what this exact phrase is, but I know that it used to be a saying that, um, like dealing with slaves and slave owners, that the scariest thing to a white man is an educated black person or educated black man. I'm not sure what it is exactly. But I think that people of color and black people are starting to recognize their power, which is why it has reached such a great, a huge platform. We're starting to recognize that we have the ability to shut down place, uh, places of business by just not ordering their food and stuff like that because they're not supporting Black Lives Matter. So I think that it's reaching such a big platform because people are getting scared because people are being educated by social media. So that's just another fact. I also think too this time that like uh, people have been very frustrated with the political climate for a while and not just like people of color, but everyone. And so with everything that's been going on recently, I feel like they weren't able to ignore it or brush it off like previous times. And they were kind of like, oh, like I can't just be like, oh, that doesn't have anything to do with me this time because I can clearly see what's going on. And so I think that also aided into so many other people that necessarily weren't involved before to be involved now and kind of be fed up with everything that's been going on. Okay, as we're talking about how the movement has spread globally, we saw we see a lot of people at protests. Um, I know I went to protests in Austin, it was predominantly white people. 
people. So leading into that, how do you guys feel about allyship and what do you expect out of an ally and what do you feel like how they should conduct themselves regarding um, being a part of the movement? For me, I'd have to say that I'm all down and I uh, truly do support, you know, all allies from different directions. Um, but the thing that I have to say about it is that one thing I kind of question is that, like, why did it take this long before people finally des decided to, to speak up against the injustice going on in the world? Did it take George Floyd dying that it, it was recorded? Um, I know we've all heard of the Will Smith quote where he says that racism isn't getting worse, it's just becoming filmed. And so with a lot of the incidents, let's say like Breonna Taylor, and how her incident wasn't filmed. And so we can see that she's not getting a lot of media coverage for that. And it's not being talked about, but now that we do know her case is being reopened. So, you know, that's good. But it's like, why did it take this long? You know, this has been going on since one of the first incidents we heard was Trayvon Martin a long time ago. And there's a list of, of tons of more people who have experienced this. So I'm just kind of questioning why it took this long. Um, but then also too, one thing that I do want the allies to know is that like, they shouldn't just go along with this because it's a cool thing to do or because it's cool to post a black picture on Blackout Tuesday because everyone else is doing it. But truly educate yourself on what's going on. Bring awareness because you want to do it, not because it's cool and that's what everyone else is doing or because you might think that people may label you as a racist if you don't do it. No, do it because you truly believe in it. And that's what happens is that a lot of these people don't believe in it. And so once um, George Floyd is over and then we're in that little phase where nothing else is happening until the next thing happens, everyone else is dead. But the thing is that if you're truly passionate about it, change should come about in this time where we're fighting for justice and everyone is bringing awareness. So my thing is educate yourself. Don't do it because everyone else is doing it. Don't hop on the bandwagon, but truly do it because you believe in the injustice going on in the world. Uh, I believe the best possible thing they can do is realize as a side of America that they never see. Like they, they have to realize they were born into something that was literally built for them while we were born in it when America was built to literally exclude us from everything. And then from there, go into and educate themselves. Because once you educate yourself on, on the past and what's actually happening, you can become part of part of the solution instead of the problem. And then once they have that, they have the power to reach an audience that won't listen to us because of what we look like. And they look like the audience that, they, that we need to cater to. Well, not necessarily cater to, but you get what I'm saying. We need to educate. So then take that knowledge that you've acquired and spread it so everybody can become part of the solution instead of part of the problem. One thing I'd like to see from allies though, um, kind of like bouncing off of what he said, is to not try and outshine black voices and people of color's voices because, you know, at the end of the day, like he said, we have been going through this since birth, like since we have been introduced into this country. And it's not right for someone to try and speak on something that they will never understand but it is right to educate other people about what we say and about how we feel and what we go through um without making it seem like you did that i don't know if that makes sense but yeah does anybody else want to chime in on that or you want to go ahead and go to the next question 
All right. So with that being said, with the voices of allies and Black people in general, the community as a whole, how do y'all think our voices as college students um, can be heard in the Huntsville community as well as the college? Like, what do you think we have to do to make our voices be heard? Because this is a step, just like we talked about earlier, the Sam Houston statue. Those are just different ideas. So what do you think as a community, as the Black community, that we can do to let our verses be heard and not silenced. Uh, I personally think that we have a plethora of Black orgs on campus that always have things organized for things like this. So when they have events um, such as, you know, marching to the polls, for, for example, from NAACP, um, you can go and attend these and also try to become parts of these orgs and try to organize things throughout it so that it can elevate the platform that we're trying to speak to. Um, I personally myself am a part of these orgs and I can say that I, like as soon as I joined, I became way more aware of my situation and how I can go about from it every day on campus and just carrying myself in general. So I, I just, I think, I really believe that you can go through the orgs because they already cater to the campus, you know, mindset of everything and they know how everything works from there and you can find a way to make your voice heard. Um, for me personally, I know that in my specific art area, my major, I don't have as many black leaders or people to show me the way. So I'm going to choose to be that person and bring awareness of all the social injustice and discrimination and prejudice that we do face as people of color. Um, and I just think that it's like he, like he said before, we have all the black orgs on campus that should bring awareness and, and take lead of the charge of like the Black Lives Matter movement and also other movements for people of color. But I think personally, and I brought this up last time, but NAACP is a big one for me. This is a major corporation that spreads beyond just Sam Houston and just Texas in general. So it's like, you have to use your resources and you have to use what you already have. And I just think that they're a big part of making sure that we stay focused and we stay committed. And we also have a leader so that we don't get distrayed from like what we're trying to prove and what, are we, what we're trying to do, sorry. I think for me, I think the way for us to keep being heard is to not become complicit and not settle for less. So if something is bothering us or something is a big deal to us to not just let it go because they did something in the past or they give out a statement of the sort, like we need to make sure that we stay being heard by speaking out and by letting people know when we're not being respected and such. I'll say that another important factor as well is that even um, apart from our African-American organizations, that we branch out into the other organizations as well to let our voice be heard. Because if we stay within our um, African-American organizations, then it's like we're keeping ourselves within the bubble. But if we branch out and we're able to take out different ideas on what's going on in, in, in the NAACP and the different things that we have planned, um, we'll be able to bring along a lot of our Caucasian friends and Hispanic friends of different nationalities so they're able to learn. But if we keep everything within, then it's like, it's kind of us just like 
keeping everything within a bubble and it's not being spread across campus. So it's important that um, we all have different connections. We're all part of different organizations outside of those um, uh, um, African-American organizations, but it's important that we go out as well and speak on those things so that people are aware of what's going on within those organizations. I think for me, um, my freshman, I mean, not my freshman year, but the first time I ever heard that we were allowed to take action against professors who, who perhaps would say like the N-word. I didn't know there was a process for that until last year and I would happen to be in one of the diversity um, luncheons and I still haven't heard um, on, you know, I haven't seen an email go out about how to take action against those professors who, you know, would do so. So I think, I think the orgs on campus, I mean, we're doing good. I think we could do a little bit better, but I think also the school needs to take action on how to communicate with us because we we still don't know a lot of stuff that we're able to do against you know professors and and staff who treat us badly you know okay <clears throat> would anybody else like to respond to that question I think everybody we pretty much hit everyone. Um, so leading into the next question, um, do you think that black leaders are able to collaborate with either University Police Department or Huntsville Police Department to bring awareness and advocacy um, against police brutality? And if you and if you do think that that will be able to happen, like what setting do you see that in? Like how would you like to see that happen? I know during um, a meeting in NAACP, we had a few UPD officers come and you know speak to everyone, and that was really um, cool to me because you see them around campus all the time. You see them around Huntsville all the time. I mean, Huntsville is a prison town, so it's regardless that we're going to see police. And to see them, you know even though it was only two officers, to see them, you know, try and recognize their their status and recognize our concerns and our questions was really nice. So to have like more open forms and things of that nature would be really cool. And just maybe um, a way for the UPD to have like an open anonymous tip box or something i don't know um i believe well i like i really love that meeting that she brought up because it uh i really respected them for bringing attention to what they know is going on in the world but what i want them to do is to what i liked about that meeting is that they were doing it not because people were telling them to do it or because, you know, everybody's screaming at them, but they did it at a time that was kind of quiet. So we knew that it was actually like genuine from the heart. So when people do, like when the police department does stuff like that, I don't want them to do it just because, you know, everything going on right now. What I think we can do, um, as far as things I think we can do, I would like black leaders to push the police to try to get some form of extensive training, like more training before they enter the police department, or maybe change the way that's trained, like don't revolution, like revolutionize the training that is like 
built upon violence right now to more de-escalating situations instead, especially with, with black people or people of color in general, because it just jumps from there. And um, yeah, just, just try to get more training. So I think what I'm getting, um, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but just I'm getting having more of a connection, like personal collect connection with police officers. Y'all think that that would bring along with um, more de-escalation training and stuff like that. Y'all think that would bring um, police brutality numbers down? I mean, in a sense, yes, but I mean, at the end of the day, if a cop wants to beat someone, they're going to beat someone. And it's a lot more comforting, I guess, in a sense, to get to know the police officers because it, it would be like if you're in school and your class size is 500 students and you never meet your professor your professor doesn't know you your professor doesn't get to you know see your writing style they just see that you're not doing what they say whereas you know in small class sizes you can meet your professor they get to know you you have a more personal connection with them they'll maybe give you more tips rather than just giving you an f things of that like sense if that's a like okay analogy so yeah, at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want to do, but I think it would be better for our community, especially college students, to know that we have people who are there to protect us rather than to kill us. That's really dark, but... Uh, I also believe, so with the personal connection, I feel like as if that should come change within it so like i believe there should be higher consequences for police officers who do do things like this because as of right now police officers are above the law when it comes to things like this it's we shouldn't have to push because someone was murdered we shouldn't have to raise hell and say hey they murdered someone you know that's a crime we we should really uh i feel as if the black leaders should also push to get the police department to make consequences for actions like these or maybe make um what am i trying to say maybe uh try to revolutionize the 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 original foundation it was built on because as of right now there's no punishment for doing things that they do and actually some laws are protecting them to do the things they do just because they had a bad day uh, they can still keep their license, but go be uh, an officer in a different area or a different county. That shouldn't, things like that shouldn't happen because that just, that's just protecting them instead of protecting us at the end of the day. That's great feedback. Thank y'all for that. Um, that kind of pulls us to the next question in a way, speaking about police brutality um, and the ways that that's affected. We hear the term white privilege a lot. What do you think, or do you think that black people also have privilege? So black people privilege, do you think that that's a thing that black people possess? And if so, what do you think that it would be? Okay. Uh, add on, sorry, add on to that. And if you, 
agree or disagree, how do you think that um, we could use that or like how black people can use privilege to further the movement, to like bring it all back together? So I think if we were to have a privilege, it would be from within ourselves. So I believe in the black person being the caged bird singing, which is like, no matter how detrimental a situation we're in, no matter if we're trapped, no matter if we're pinned down, we always find a way to sing, which is we always find a way to make light of a, of a dark situation we're in. It's just encoded in our DNA to do that. And I believe that makes our voices more powerful altogether. So when we, I believe that privilege is like when we speak, people automatically listen. Some people listen for the wrong reasons to you know, flip the situation, but no matter what happens when we speak, people will turn heads because they know the situation we're in and they know that we shouldn't have the, the will to speak the way we do, if that makes any sense. I'm gonna say, <clears throat> I don't think black people have privilege. I do think our generation as a whole has entitlement. But if I want to answer the question, I think black people have entitlement. I think that if all these things that we're expecting to be ours and that we should have all these rights, then like he said, this voice and you speaking up, if you're going to be speaking up, then you have to have something to say. And it has to be, it has to hold weight. And that's why they don't take us seriously. They think that we use our entitlement to get what we want, and then we just use that and destroy everything that's created in America or whatever. I just think, like he said, if you have a voice, if you use your entitlement, then, and if you say something with meaning and power, then it, you'll get your point across and they'll listen to you. I definitely don't think we have privilege in this society. I mean, there the country and the society was built for us to not have privilege. So there's no way for us to do that. But within the black community and, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, there is like uh, sexism. So males do have privilege within our community. I mean, you see all of this protesting started for George Floyd, but what about Breonna Taylor? What about, you know, Sandra Bland? What about like all of these women who have been through the same things, whose killers are still free, whose killers are still not convicted. And it seems as though black women always speak up for black men and we never get the same respect and same voice in return. So that's my opinion on that. Okay, if that if um, everyone's done with that question, I think we have one final question to end us off and it's asking how do you think we can continue the movement where it's not just another fading trend. <clears throat> it's not just another hashtag something that's um, actually going to enact change and that's going to withstand the test of time. I believe that we have to be more organized with which we're doing things. So me, I, for the looting and, and stuff that's going on, 
I wasn't against it. I just feel like it should be more organized and we should devise a plan and to hit people where it really hurts instead of just chaos everywhere. I feel like calculated chaos brings more attention to things than just, oh, they're just running around and doing things just because they're, you know, they're mad. I feel like if we devise a plan and like stretch it out over like maybe plan a goal, it's like it's like you're working out. You you have a goal you want to hit in a month, right? So you for that month you plan your workout. So you can plan, you know, what you want to do and then have people show up to these things. And then as long as it's consistent, as long as it stays over time, things will change. I know, I know it's it's gonna take a while, but things will change if they see that we're just not doing it for a week and it's like, they won't stop. They, we gotta not stop. We gotta keep coming. We gotta come harder than ever for the longest amount of time. And that's when things will, will come about. There's this quote that speaks on, um, it kind of says that like awareness is the first step and bringing change like towards injustice and so even though like awareness right now um it can seem like only like a a small matter or a small step towards bringing change to injustice but um the 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 small things that we can do lead up to you know the big things that we'll see later on making a huge impact and so whether that's being even in the conversations that we have you know still continuing those but honestly using our social media platforms to still speak up because once again one thing that we see a trend that we see in a lot of these things is that once um let's say the the the, the cops are charged and they're put into jail or prison or whatever um uh whatever punishment they get you know everything kind of dies down and then we go back to the incident where everyone is quiet and then everything is pushed back under the rug but in this case it's even after the the, the cops are charged let's still talk about it let's still bring awareness to the the, the, the people who never got justice um, from, from Trayvon Martin and Tamir Rice and Breonna Taylor and, and so, just, just like the names are endless. Like, let's keep on bringing awareness to systemic oppression and systemic racism and, and all the things that are going on. And so even us as students, when we go back to campus, once again, not even keeping it within our own black community, but the churches that we go to, the organizations that we're in that are, don't have a lot of black people in them, let's still go out and have those tough conversations with our fellow Caucasians, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, and talk about what's going on. Let's not push it under the rug. Like, let's still want to have those tough conversations in whether that be in whatever organization, we're having it with, with a professor, bringing it up, just, you know, conversations. It, it's huge. It, it does something. It brings awareness. So that's my take. If, if for a lot of people who may not feel comfortable with signing a petition, which I don't see why you feel comfortable, uncomfortable about doing something like that, or if it's voting, whatever it is, conversations takes, a, uh, it, it, it leads a long way with changing one's heart. So that's a step that we can still progress towards. I hope you guys are staying safe. Like I said, don't forget to follow Next Era on Instagram. If you want to follow me, Jordan, on my Instagram or on my Twitter, it's at underscore just Jordy. And that is it for today, you guys. I'm your host, Jordan Johnson. And don't forget to stay safe, be kind, and be great. Bye, y'all.